Is the Ian Thomas hype train about to leave the station? Can drafting a running back heavy team help you win a six-figure grand prize? And what's the deal with Damian Williams' ADP? Plus the $30,000 2019 Football Guys Players Championship runner-up Bob Hoog joins us to talk about waiver wire aggression, drafting early best ball leagues, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Everybody, if you got what it takes, cause I'm KRX and I'm on the mic and premieres on the break. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Hey, thanks so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you Balkaholics and all of you Gerzakin addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am your uh, slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Dave, I have some news tonight. Yes, what is it? We've seen the commercials for Burger King. They have the Impossible Whopper. Yes. And my kids wanted to go play in the play place at a Burger King. That was close to my house tonight. They have a play things there? Yes. Okay. And, and uh, the Burger King one is actually their favorite one. Hmm. So um, my wife said, hey, why don't you take him? She was out with one of her friends. So I took him to dinner there. Decided to get the Impossible Whopper. For yourself. And it was impossible for me to find it delicious. <laughs> was that bad? Did was not bad care bad? for it. Didn't, would not get it again. You could totally tell it was not, totally tell. not a normal Whopper. Yes. Now... Um, I, it was not so bad that I would have thrown it out and not eaten it. it. It still was fine. It was okay. Would not get it again. Could totally tell the difference. Real beef tastes better. I'm sorry to all of our organic, granola, grass-fed, gluten-free listeners. Didn't care for it. Well, you know, the soy in those raises your estrogen levels, too, so that's no good. Oh, I don't well. know if there's soy in them. Maybe not. I have no idea. Soy protein. Soy raises your estrogen yeah, levels, soy huh? protein, not good for men. So Unless you want to have boobs. But I'm at this point in my life, I don't think I'd want any. Um, obviously, the best protein to eat is like nor, your quote-unquote normal protein. If you're going to get like a plant-based or a quote-unquote fake protein, what's the way to go if it's not soy? I, I don't know. No? I don't really search that okay. necessarily. Well, I was just curious. I didn't know. <laughs> Coming up on tonight's show. Pea protein, like P-P-E-A, I think. Oh, really? Some people, okay. All right. I've seen that. I don't know. Okay. But uh, – yeah, I prefer the normal animal, eggs, whatever. If you're just listening for the first time on this show, this is not normally what we do, and I promise you it's the last time we do it on tonight's show. Yeah, good start. Coming up, Bob, we're going to talk about what kind of an impact Sammy Watkins' surprising comments are going to have on FFPC drafts. 
how you should be handling Ben Roethlisberger and the rest of the Steelers in drafts this season. Bob Hoog is going to tell us how he turned his only career Football Guys Players Championship entry into a $30,000 payday and a special treat. We always love it on Super Bowl weekend. The prognosticator himself is going to drop in at the bottom of the hour to tell us a little bit about uh, the props he's looking at for Super Bowl Sunday. We'll get you all set for that, and that will be the show tonight. Shout out to the chat room right now. You guys can post any questions you might have right inside there. Twitter is at HSFFOR. I'm at Eric Balkman. Uh, Dave is at David Gerzak. The prognosticator is at Alex underscore FFPC. Facebook.com slash HSFFOR. 347-426-3682. 347-GAME-OVA is where to reach us. HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com is the inbox that our producer mutual friend Rob and our audio engineer and best friend Bryce will be checking. Try to get to as many emails as we can tonight here on the show. Uh, exciting stuff uh, for the FFPC as it's Two weeks now that uh, the FFPC has offered best balls. You can sign up for those at the $35, $77, and $250 levels. Uh, best balls, super flex available, double ups also available there with 100% payout. Dynasty Orphans also available at myffpc.com slash dynasty. Check out the list, make a claim, pick up a dynasty team. Uh, a lot of good teams out there uh, for not that much money, so check that out as well. And coming up next Thursday, rotoviz.com slash podcast. 2019 FFPC main event, fifth place team owner Adam Krautwurst will join me on the High Stakes Lowdown. Look for that on Thursday morning. Thanks to football guys, Roto World, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Let's get to it. Speaking this week on Pro Football Talk Live, this was this morning, Drew Brees was on. He said he is open to giving up more snaps to Taysom Hill if both are indeed playing for the Saints next year. The full quote. If I'm back and Taysom's alongside me, call the plays that put us in the best position to win. If that means Taysom Hill is taking 30 snaps a game, 25 snaps a game, so be it. I'm all for that. Are fantasy owners all for that? Because this is coming up on his 15th season in the NFL, Dave. And a lot of people are going to be looking for Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, perhaps Jared Cook as well, to be difference makers in drafts this year. Thomas is a first-round pick. Kamara is a first-round pick. Jared Cook will be one of the top seven or eight tight ends off the board. I'm not sure if this is a good thing for Saints skill position players. Are you concerned about drafting any of those guys at their current spots, knowing that Taysom Hill, the gadget player himself, might be out there a little bit more than he was in 2019? Uh, I'm not terribly concerned with it, no. I mean, Michael Thomas was so, so dominant. Although he's being drafted you know, in pick four, five, or six right now in drafts, so he's, he's going really early. Uh, I, don't, I think it's a little, he's just kind of being nice in a way. I don't think Taysom Hill is going to take many more snaps, okay. if, if any more. So it's a polite teammate thing that this is. Assuming he's coming back, yeah. Right. Actually, supposedly, the, the Saints consider Hill to be a potential franchise quarterback, maybe running that pistol-type offense like Lamar Jackson runs. Uh, if they can do it, I mean, he could be, he could be outstanding. He, lo- he looks actually a bit like, um, looks a little bit like Christian McCaffrey in, in that, in, hey how, in how elusive he is. Yeah. Um, but like a little bit, you know, I just sound, you know, he's a little bigger and stronger, probably not as fast or maybe not as, you know, not as good of a three-cone or as quite as elusive, but uh, he looks really great as a runner out there for sure. Yeah, he does. Uh, Kamara is going at the 106. Michael Thomas going at the 104 on average. And FFPC best balls you on board with both those prices, regardless of who's playing quarterback? Uh, Kamara seems a little bit pricey to me. I, I thought he didn't quite live up to that value last year, and he's going around the same spot. He was running back four last year, going at the 104. Now okay, he's so. running back five this year, going at the 106. So he slipped a little bit, but to your point, not that much. Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't slipped much. And, uh, you know, he's not a full-time, you know, carry the load back. So, you know, who knows? The, I, I don't hate the right. pick necessarily, no, right, but yeah. I don't know how he's going to become – like he doesn't have really much of a shot to be RB2 
two probably, assuming that McCaffrey stays healthy and maybe Barkley stays healthy. And, you know, you got Elliott to deal with. You know, there are a lot of great players. There are, yeah. Henry, you know, I feel. Okay, well, speaking of that, there's four running backs going directly behind Alvin Kamara in drafts right now. You have Derrick Henry going right behind him, and I think once Henry signs with a team where we have a little bit more concrete evidence of where he's going to be playing, he might leapfrog Kamara. Yeah, you'll have to see what happens with him. Would you? Re- like, so he's a he's a completely unrestricted free agent. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe that they didn't sign this guy. To well, think about think about the running back contracts. In the, yeah, in I know. The NFL. I get it. I, I get it. I get it. But I mean, he's he's it, still like young. He came in the NFL pretty young. So I mean, he was their entire offense. Yeah. Anyway. Well, what Ryan Tannehill? Come on, he was great. AJ Brown. Yeah, they were fine. Um, would you rather have Kamara or Derrick Henry this year only? 2020 season. I mean, at this very moment, I guess Kamara because he, you know, you know the situation. Well, Joe, I'm going to give you the other three running backs going right behind Kamara. Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones. Would you rather have any of those guys over Alvin Kamara if you were drafting today? Probably not, but Mixon's interesting. Mixon's kind of close. You, see if the team really improves. You remember last year when the, the Joe Mixon hype train picked up? I feel like it's going to happen again this year. Yeah, this time it'll be even, it'll be even more so. Well, okay, they're getting that left tackle back that got the, yeah. the rookie that got hurt right away. They're getting, I mean, the, the offensive line certainly can't be any worse. They should get an improvement at quarterback, you would think. Zach Taylor can't do any worse as a head coach in year two than he did in year one. I mean, it does come back down to scoring touchdowns. And if you're not in the red zone, if your team's not doing well, I mean, if, if they're going to, you know, if they draft that quarterback, if they're going to draft Joe Burrow, is that, they have the number one pick? Is that right? They do. So are they, they, and, the, and then is he, is Dalton, I mean, was he a free agent? Yeah. I, should, I should know. This. It, this so is it's it, like there's so much stuff there's going a on, ton, you can't really say. There's a ton of free agent quarterbacks yeah. this year. A ton. So, they'll, so they'll probably pick up a caretaker if uh, Burrow sit the bench for like four or five games and then start if that's how it usually would play out, right? Um, Cecil Lammy from footballguys.com was at the Senior Bowl this week. You know, it would be nice if we had a show where you didn't bring this guy up. Just want to bring this up, where he said that he heard that Zach Taylor prefers the body type for Justin Herbert over Joe Burrow, and Herbert could be in play for the number one pick over Joe Burrow because of his body type, Dave. That's what he's hearing. That's nice. Moving on. I have no comments about that. I didn't comment. expect you to have a comment. Just wanted to put that out there. Thanks. Thanks for that. Uh, Panthers and Greg Olson have issued a joint statement today saying that they have mutually parted ways. Now, they cannot release him until after the Super Bowl, but he's already played nine seasons in Carolina. It does not appear that there's going to be a tenth one. It's going to save the Panthers over $8 million against the cap. He's going to be 35 this season, and he's going to make $6.6 million. Sounds like Olson is, still wants to keep playing, um, but he said that uh, he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild, which could be taking place in Carolina, especially uh, that they're ushering in a new head coach, and Cam Newton is probably not going to be back there. He could uh, get a job uh, analyzing uh, football for somebody like Fox or a different broadcasting network. Not really wanting to talk about Greg Olson here. I want to talk about Ian Thomas, Dave, a guy who has flashed in Olson's stead when he's missed before. What are your thoughts on Ian Thomas this year? Could we be in for? Could we see a breakout for him right now? Uh, he is going as tight end twenty in the twelfth round of FFPC best ball drafts. Yeah, I think that's pretty all right value for him. I mean, he has you know, there's thirty two NFL tight ends. Olson's not going to be back. Thomas has, like you said, flash, and he and plus he's gotten through those crappy early years where you you're not very good at you know at, at playing the position. So he's learned the position behind a great player like Olson. I I, I think he's got some upside for sure, and that, I think. Top 12 is not totally out of the realm of possibilities, so that's a really nice spot that's taking the, at the 20th tight end. We don't know who the Carolina quarterback's going to be this year yet. 
we not for sure. No. Probably not going to be Kyle Allen. I mean, he kind of bombed towards the end of the season. You look at this though. Matt Rule was the head coach at Baylor last year. Put up a lot of points. He he knows defense. He knows offense. Offense obviously is something you got a lot of experience with last year. Well, last three years at Baylor. Then you go into Carolina. DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Ian Thomas, Christian McCaffrey. There's a lot of weapons there, Dave. This is kind of a unique situation where I don't know who the Carolina quarterback's going to be. I think I want to be in business with him, though, because he's probably not going to be picked as like a top 15 guy, and he might finish in the top 15. There's so many quarterbacks are so super deep this, this coming year, so top 15 might be a stretch, but you're right. The offense is going to have elite weapons all over the place. It's, it's, it boggles my mind that every year we say wait on quarterback, and it seems like you can wait longer and longer every single year, and I think that's what we're preaching again this year. I, I, don't, I don't know about that, but – you know, it's deep, but it, I mean, it's, you know, top quarterbacks are, you know, Lamar Jackson is going pick 20 or whatever he's going for right. a reason. He's a well, quarterback you know, and a running, but you get, you get two players for one. Well, that is true. Would you be in, want to be uh, taking Lamar Jackson in, in the second round uh, of FFPC drafts right now to at the 209? Probably, probably not, but again, I haven't looked all that super right. closely. It's, I don't. I guess I'll just say this. I don't think it's crazy. Everyone's going to say the regression to the mean thing. Blah 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 blah. Right. Um, but there's. I, I don't see any reason. I know that you know. Again, they have, they have a, a year to to watch him and to figure him out. You don't. I don't think you can figure out talent like that. And he was, as we talked about, he was super super productive in college. The highest scoring fantasy quarterback, if you calculate fantasy points in college, that's what he was. And that's what he is in, in a pro. In a pro-style offense, too. Yeah, so it's, he's, he's been productive through his entire college and pro career fantasy-wise. So I, I don't think you're going to necessarily – I don't know. I, I think there's a chance that people take him there and they don't, aren't totally screwing up. Okay. All right, fair enough. Uh, the top three quarterbacks going off the board right now in FFPC best balls, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. No real surprise there. Can you guess who the number four quarterback is in FFPC best balls going off in the seventh round right now, Dave? Oh, man. Give you a hint. He's young and he's black. Well, Russell Wilson's not young enough anymore. No, nope, that's correct. That is not Russell Wilson. In fact, I think Russell Wilson is number five right now. This guy is a guy who uh, got – yeah, really know this. Wilson is, is quarterback five. He was hyped up last year by you, actually, and, and other people. Put up some pretty good – nope, not Dak Prescott, younger than Prescott. He's a guy that actually put up really good numbers last year as a rookie, uh, and if you took him in dynasty drafts, you're probably loving life right now. Um, especially when you consider that he'll be throwing passes to one Andy Isabella this coming year, allegedly. Oh yeah, Kyler. That's why I, I did see that. That Kyler was. I was actually surprised. I thought that's. I think that's early for Kyler Murray. Yeah. Even though I liked him a lot. Yeah. And did, still do. Do you have him in a lot of dynasties? Who do you own more I of do. in dynasty, Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray? Um, I don't know offhand. I own four, four or five of Lamar Jacksons out of eight, and probably a similar amount of Kyler Murray. I own Kyler Murray and Jackson together on a few teams. I was, that was my next question. Yeah. Uh, I'll skip to my next question after that. Um, do you, if you were, okay, this is a perfect example, Dave. You own Lamar Jackson, you own Kyler Murray in, in a couple of teams. Somebody says, hey, what would you be willing to, or what would you take in exchange for Lamar Jackson in the dynasty right now? What would you do? What would it take for you? To, two first rounders plus something else? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that I'm interested in trading. Can't, can't put a price on him right now. Yeah, I mean, it's not that he's untradeable, but, I mean, he's so much – he's so far superior to other dynasty quarterbacks that I just don't know that – I don't know that, that an offer could be made. Unless my team was – unless Lamar Jackson was, like, my only real big asset and I really needed to improve it in a bunch of areas. Right. That's different. But I don't – So, I, like, my teams. 
<laughs> I don't know. I, I, just, I feel like the, the, the point difference you're getting from him is just it's, it's almost yeah. too much to overcome unless you get back uh, a Mahomes or a Kyler Murray and then some, and a little something. You, you know? sort of need that replace that you need yeah. that ready. Even with Kyler Murray, you sort of need that that ready replacement. You know, last just, year early last year in one league, I had Dak Prescott, Murray, Lamar Jackson, and Mahomes, and I dealt. Oh away, my God! I just you got lucky or whatever, and I dealt away Lamar Jackson really early for Mark Andrews. My tight ends were terrible, uh-huh. which turned. I mean, Do I you actually, still have the other three quarterbacks. I actually regret that trade. Yeah. No, and then I trade away Mahomes for um, Stephon Diggs or something like that. But I have Prescott and Murray, and then just fine. Yeah, so I'm I'm fine with that. But and I think I got a second back. But whatever. Um, yeah, so I mean I'm willing to make those trades. But the Lamar Jackson, I trade him before he really broke out. I get it. Yeah. So I feel I I do still regret it, even though I needed Andrews and he did help me. I mean my team did well last year in that league. Hey, we got uh. Not the that F- anyone cares. No, no. We this is what people love hearing about this stuff. Oh, dude. I'm sure they do. We have the uh, FPC runner-up uh, Bob who uh, on deck here, and we're gonna get to him in just one second. The last thing I want to bring up, Dave. I don't know if you saw Sammy Watkins' comments um, uh, at the I Super heard Bowl. He said he's not sure if he's gonna play next season. He says. Um, if they win it, he might chill out. He might sit out a year. He says he's not going to retire, but he might want to rest up and chill. So this is interesting. I don't, you know, Sammy Watkins is going low enough in redraft leagues that I'm fine taking somebody else, obviously, not knowing if he's going to play at all. Um, but in dynasty leagues, Dave, how do, you, how do you assess this? Would you be looking at Watkins as a buy low? Would you be looking to get rid of him at this point based on these comments? You're not or, getting anything for Watkins, so you're not, no reason to sell him. I guess if you want to buy him, you can buy him for a third or whatever. But really, you think you get him for a third? I mean, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't pay a second. I don't think for a while. Yeah, I wouldn't either. So I mean, either get him for a third, or you don't get him at all. Okay, all right. Um, I mean, I think his comments were mostly cap related. I mean, he realizes he's going to be a cap casualty, or he's going to have to take a a, a pay cut. He's definitely not worth fourteen million dollars a year. So okay, that's fine. Then I guess uh, that that begs the question: Are you want to be in business as Demarcus Robinson or McCole Hardman then? Because they would ostensibly be the number two. Yeah, Hardman. Wide receiver for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I like Har- Hardman definitely is, would be the player I'd be interested in. And I think Watkins could be all right on another team. Uh, you know, we'll have, he'd have to move, though, Yeah. in order to actually be productive again. All right, good stuff there. Appreciate that, Dave. Uh, good insight, as always. Let's get into tonight's guest. He has been playing fantasy football in the same league for 21 seasons. He's won that league in six of it, uh, six of those seasons. This was the first year, this past year, that he's done anything more than his home league. The Football Guys Players Championship is the only draft he's ever done in the competition. Yes. He also did some FFPC leagues. He finished in the playoffs in the four classic leagues he joined. However, in the best ball leagues, didn't have that same success. We don't want to talk about that tonight. We want to talk about how he won $30,000 as the runner-up in the 2019 Football Guys Players Championship. Please welcome into the show Mr. Bob Hoog. Bob, so much uh, happiness to have you on tonight. I know you're celebrating a big 2019 victory. Happy Super Bowl uh, weekend, man. Thanks very much, guys. Good to talk to you. So this is uh, pretty exciting. We're going to get into this, but you decide to do the FPC this year, first time ever. Um, and, and you turn $350 into $30,000, did you ever see it working out anywhere close <laughs> to this good your first year? No, no way. I, I thought I did it. I had a terrible draft. Um, you know, the, the thing, uh, yeah, I'm used to a 10-team league, and this was my first uh, my first go to 12-team league. And, um, you know, the other thing was that, uh, I'm, you know, we've got a lot of good players in our league, but, there's always a couple of guys who make some mistakes and, and I usually try to capitalize on those mistakes, but uh, in, in this one, nobody was making mistakes. So uh, I, I, I gotta say, I did not feel great coming out of the draft. 
Bob, we're going to talk about your draft uh, much more so here coming up. But before we do, just real quick, can you let the listeners know what you're doing for a living when you're not winning $30,000 in one <laughs> FPC uh, draft? Uh, sure. I'm a, I'm a partner in a financial technology firm in, uh, in New York City. Uh, so it kind of keeps me busy. Financial technology, Dave, combining two of your favorite uh, uh, pastimes. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's great. So the 30000 that's like a, a bar tab for you guys. You know, one, one night out, it's a, it's a scene in New York, right? Uh, uh, not in a long time. All right. That, yeah. That's Wait, not, yeah. He's grow, he's matured. Isn't that what you pay for parking for a couple hours <laughs> yeah, in Manhattan? That's what actually more accurate. Right. Um, so let me ask you, so as, as uh, stated, it's the only football guys team you drafted this year. Uh, you drafted it back in July, uh, kind of a little shout-out to early drafting for everybody. It can be done. You can win. Um, so – as you said, you really didn't like your, your draft. Was there any level of confidence whatsoever about you? I mean, was there anything that you liked on this team? Did you like the running backs or the yeah. receivers? I mean, well, I thought Tom, you know, I, got, I was in number seven. And so, um, you know, the, the, the stud running backs were by. And I did get Michael Thomas, which I did like that just because I figured, uh, you know, I've liked him for a couple of years. He's got a very high floor. And early in the draft, you know, I'm, I'm looking for safety more than more than anything. So, um, you know, he's got a, a low variance week to week, you know, um, which I like, you know, wide receiver. So I was I was fine with him. Um, I, I really like James Winston this year. I got him on probably every team I drafted. Um, and, you know, he turned out okay. And, and I also like Dodman a lot. I think I got him in, a, in about the fifth round. So those, those I was good with the running backs. I, I hated Aaron Jones one up okay, but um, uh, and the tight ends were awful. Uh, <laughs> I was I was picking up tight ends off the waivers uh, all all year just to make up for that. Yeah, um, our good buddy uh, Darren Armani at Fantasy Mojo on Twitter actually uh, sent out a tweet saying that you're you're the three you drafted three tight ends and they're escaping me right now. I know Gronk was one of them, and the other two weren't that great. Um, so you, you're kind of playing. Burton was one, and uh, I think Swain might have been the other one. Yeah, yeah. At the bottom. So yeah, and it it wasn't great. So obviously, all season you're kind of going up against the great. But then you hit on Higby uh, late, and then Tyler Higby ends up crushing it in the championship round. So I guess my question to you is: Was it after the Higby pickup, or at what point did you stop hating this team and think, "Hey, I got a chance to win some real money here"? Well, you know, I, I was grinding out wins over the early part of the year. Um, the Pats defense came through a couple of weeks. Uh, Godwin had a couple of big weeks. So I was, you know, I, I had a decent record uh, in the regular season. And I, so I was like, well, maybe, the, you know, maybe this isn't as bad as I thought. And then also, I think, to be honest, you know, being used to looking at a 10-team uh, a roster and comparing that to a 12-team roster, I mean, I, I, I figured out that, you know, there's a big difference there, right? So, so maybe it wasn't as bad as I thought it was, but um, you know, I, I, as we got into the year, and I was sitting there at like eight and one or something like that in the regular season, I was like, you know, this is this is fine. Yeah. It it was it turned out really fine. Uh, I would say after week sixteen, yeah. no question. Um, in yep. your prep for this football guys draft, I think you drafted this team in in late July. Uh, you did a lot of best ball leagues this season. Um, you know, besides having some actual personalized ADP when you do these drafts. Uh, what advantage do you think your participation there? I, I know you said you, you you came up short in a, in a few of them, but w- what sort of advantage did you get when you're drafting those best ball leagues um, it, before you're drafting this football guys team where you end up winning thirty grand? 
Well, actually, most of those best balls were after this, um, were after this team. Um, and I did those just for the fun. I mean, I, I really liked it. Um, but, I mean, I, I will say, as, as over the course of doing a bunch of best balls, um, you really, if you're observant, you can really notice the trends and kind of who's moving. Um, and, and I think, um, you know, so that's, that's something I'm, I'm definitely going to do next year. Um, I mean, there's a lot of good, I, I think, really sharp guys who are taking part in these things, and uh, it really sort of hones your, hones your skill. One thing that, uh, you know, a lot of the fantasy analysts and fantasy Twitter has been talking about for quite a, you know, maybe like five, six years now. Probably more. Even more. They've been talking about the whole zero RB thing, and it's been a trend. Uh, in this draft, however, you, you did take Michael Thomas, but then you took Damian Williams, Aaron Jones, Sony Michelle. So three of your first four picks are running backs. So uh, you kind of avoided that trend. Why did you? Why was that the foundation you chose to build this team upon? Well, I, I think it you know it depended on the, the kind of the draft position. Um, had I been able to get you know Kamara or, or you know Barkley or something like that early, um, I, I probably would have done that and. and and pivoted away. Um, but, you know, by the time he came back to me um, in, the, in the second round, uh, you know, like I, I thought all the, you know, most of the, the safer running backs were gone. And so I just wanted to, um, you know, make up for it in volume. You know, out of those guys, I figured at least one would, you know, have a decent year. Uh, I wasn't sure who it might be, but, um, you know, it turned out to be Aaron, uh, Aaron Jones, who, you know, good year. Um, Bob Hoop, the uh, runner-up in the 2019 Football Guys Players Championship, joining us here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour this week. Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak here. Uh, last year, obviously, we, we brought this up. It was your first year playing in the FFPC. What do you think was, was the biggest adjustment that you had to make from, you know, I know you said your, your normal league is, is a 10-team league. Um, obviously, these go to 12-team leagues, then there's certainly an adjustment there. What do you think the biggest adjustment, the hardest change you had to make uh, in, in order to be successful at this level? Uh, you know, like, well, first of all, like I said, in the, in the draft, um, you know, there are very few mistakes. And so my, my standard, um, you know, approach of just kind of, you know, not having any favorites, just sitting back and, and, and seeing kind of, you know, who falls, uh, you know, didn't, didn't really work because nobody fell. Um, and then, you know, the other thing I would say is, even though I had read the rules and I understood the, the premium on tight end scoring, I didn't really understand the, the effect of that in practice. Um, and, you know, one thing I definitely learned is that, uh, uh, you, you know, a lot of the more successful teams, and, and when I looked at the, you know, championship round, I, I, I noticed this, a lot of guys had two, even three premium tight ends. So, you know, uh, that that was something I wasn't used to and, and something I'll definitely remember for next year. It is kind of funny, though, with the tight ends, how we have had, and we always bring up the past champions that have had non-elite tight ends. And Higby was an elite performer through weeks 14 through 16, so he turned into that, you know, lightning in a bottle, elite tight end temporarily. Um, but at, yeah, at the right time. At the right time, yeah. And it gets, it gets right. tough, though, when, you have, when you're taking guys, like, let's say you take, like, you or somebody to Kittle and Ertz, well, then you have to really be hitting all over the place everywhere else to just to get the rest of your team into that championship run. You had to have had, well, you know, whether it's a Winston or Lamar Jackson, but you had to have hit maybe like a DJ Chark or somebody at wide receiver. Um, but it's, yeah, so either way you have to hit to, to win in the, in the long run, but uh, it just shows that you can really do it a, a bunch of different ways. Well, and, and to, to Bob's point too, 
he hated his team. Uh, and you said this, Bob, that you thought the team was garbage, but you were hyper-aggressive on the waiver wire, um, got fortunate with, with acquiring some pretty significant players, and made it work. So you don't necessarily have to – I know we always put the emphasis during drafting season, oh, well, and, and at Tupacker, did you win after the draft, you know, and everybody posts those right. on Twitter. And, and everybody thinks, like, well, you know, if you had a bad draft, uh, you're dead money. That's not necessarily the case. And now we have a guy like, Bob, like you come on who – outlast 8,498 other teams to get second place in this. And it's really a testament of, of, you know, even if you don't like your draft, you can still make a lot of hay on the waiver wire. Yeah, I mean, I, I picked up, um, you know, like you said, Higby. And, uh, I mean, a lot of guys over the, uh, over the, uh, the, the course of the year. Um, and most of the time it was, you know, for very little fab uh, because I was just – I was constantly churning – the bottom of, of, of my roster, I, I, you know, I more than look out there and say, okay, who's promising? Who might I pick up? I, I kind of looked at the roster and I said, you know, who am I never going to play here? You know, let's just get rid of them and then and then take a chance on somebody else and just, you know, just spend a dollar or five dollars on it. And um, you know, sometimes they worked, sometimes they didn't, but um, you know, I guess enough of them worked, you know. Bob, a couple of emails that came in for you uh, this week that I wanted to read to you, get your opinion on them. The first one's from Dan in Payne Springs, Texas. Uh, he writes, how do you feel about Ezekiel Elliott this season? He's going as the third running back in FFPC, but I'm wondering if all that mileage is starting to catch up to him. Thanks, Bob. That is Dan in Payne Springs, Texas. Thanks so much for the email. Appreciate it. Uh, your thoughts on Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Bob? He is uh, indeed going early, obviously, as he was last year, too. Right now he's um, being drafted as the RB3 at the 104. Uh, is that a place that you'd like to take Ezekiel Elliott this season? I mean, I, I think it's a, it, you almost have to do it. Um, at, at some point the mileage is going to catch up to him. Um, I, 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 I haven't done any research yet, so I, I, I don't know exactly how many touches he had last year, but, you know, and it was a lot. Um, but, you know, he's got, he's got a great offensive line there. Um, and I, I think with, uh, with the new coach – you know, they're going to be under some, uh, you know, a bit of pressure to, to just kind of get it done right away. So, I, you know, he's going to get the same workload. You know, I don't, I don't think they're going to start tapering him off. So, I, you know, if you're sitting there at three, I think you almost kind of have to take him. I'm trying to find the, uh, the total. He had 301 rushes last year, and then he also caught – um, 54 balls. So you're looking at, remember the curse of 350, Dave? That's out the window. I thought it was 400. It was a quote. Okay, well, then he's fine. Was, so that's only 355 I thought, total touches. I thought it was 370. The football outsiders? 370. Oh, yeah, yeah right. 370. Yeah, split the difference. <laughs> that's why we have yeah. Bob on for, yeah. for stuff like this. So he's, so he's under that. But you're, I mean, to your point, I mean, that was a lot. It actually um, was the, uh, the, the, the lowest of his career as far as rushes go, um, except for 2017, but he only played 10 games that year because of injury. Um, and then as far as catches go, he had 77 in 2018. Uh, his 54 last year were the uh, second highest of his career. So certainly you're right. I mean, they're, they're going to keep using them. I, I get why people take them as high as they do, and we'll see what happens with the, uh, with the new head coach and Mike McCarthy there and, and see how he treats them. Uh, one more email, Frank in Chicago. Uh, he writes, I get that he had a bad season, but should Sh Sony Michelle really be going off as the number 39 running back right now? The ninth round seems like a steal for him. That's Frank in Chicago. This is a guy that, that you had drafted uh, last year, yeah. Bob. Uh, and Sony Michelle, he finished as RB32 last year in FFPC scoring. 
So now he's the 39th running back off the board. Does that seem like a pretty good value to you, or are you still staying away I, I based on his performance in 2019? Yeah, that's a great. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Patriots fan, and so yeah, I, I see most of the games. And, you know, he a couple of things. I mean, he had another, like, knee cleanup uh, in the uh, prior to the season, which I think sapped a little bit of his explosiveness. Um, you know, their line was struggling with injuries um, last year, and, and, you know, they'll get Andrews back at center. Isaiah Wynn should be a left tackle all year. Um, and, you know, also, very importantly, James Devlin, the fullback, was out for a lot of the year. And his, you know, his yards per attempt with and without Devlin are, are striking. So, you know, I don't think he's going to lead the league, but I, you know, I, I do think, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's certainly worth where he's going. And, you know, and if, God forbid, they don't get Brady back, uh, you know, they're going to be running the ball quite a lot. Okay, so, so that's uh, – let me just make this a two-part question now that I know that you're a Patriots guy, Bob. Uh, where is Tom Brady playing week one, and who is the Patriots quarterback in week one? And it's fine if it's the same answer to both questions. Uh, it better be the same answer to both questions. Um, uh, <laughs> I tell you, I, I, you know, I, I think all sides would agree. You know, they don't have a quarterback who's ready. Um, you know, uh, I mean, the only potential option, uh, I mean, maybe like a, you know, if the, if the offense had more weapons, maybe like a Tannehill could be a stopgap or something like that. But uh, I, I really think it's in everybody's best interest for, for him to come back. The, the one thing that scares me is, you know, I think that Belichick really wants to win one without Brady. And, you know, he just, you know, he might decide that this is the year that he starts trying to do that. You know, and, it, and it's interesting to me, who's who's making the decision? Is it Kraft or is it Belichick? I think if it's Kraft, he's there at any cost. And if it's Belichick, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go. And if he, he asked where would he go, um, you know, Chargers seems to be – Chargers or Raiders, I think, you know, seem, seem to be the uh, options that make the most sense. All right. So this is one of our key great questions that we yeah, yes. cultivate information from you. Uh, so this is redraft only, no dynasty info, even though it's dynasty season. So looking for a player that you think is going to be overdrafted this coming year and a sleeper that you're going to be targeting late. So, you know, I, I did glance at some of the, uh, some of the early drafts and, you know, the one guy who I thought I saw, um, Kenny Galday and, you know, going towards the end of the second round and some, and at, you know, at, at that level, um, I, I just would not be able to stand the inconsistency uh, from a wide receiver that he's shown. I mean, I, I think he has like two or three games in single digits uh, for fantasy points this year. And I, I just can't see taking a guy that high. Um, you know, it's, right, if I miss or, on him. Got it. Yeah. And if I miss Go on ahead. him and, and he has a monster year, I can live with it. You know, Kenny Galladay is not a wide receiver one, according to the show's mascot at Tupacker. He's being drafted as one right now. I think we brought this up on the show last week. He's going at the 303 in FFPC best balls as the ninth receiver off the board. A lot of inconsistency there, as you pointed out, Bob. And I don't know if I'd want to be a business with him there. You get guys like Amari Cooper, Odell Beckham, Keenan Allen going after him. Juju Smith-Schuster, Dave, is an interesting guy at the end of the third round. Yeah, I think he bounces back with Ben Roethlisberger this year, don't you? Oh uh, Yeah, I do. I think he'll have a yeah. great year. Um, but Bob, what about you? Smith Schuster, you think he bounces back? Oh, um, I don't know. I had him 
you know, I might have, uh, I've got scars from him for this year. Um, you know, I, I, my fear with him is I don't think we've seen him thrive as, as a number one guy who's drawing, you know, the opponent's number one quarterback. Um, and so un, until, you know, until that happens, I think I'm going to, I'm going to pass. Um, we, uh, we, we found out who you uh, are, are avoiding early. Do you have a mid round sleeper or a late round sleeper or any guy that, uh, that you'll be targeting late? Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, Johnny Smith is, is a guy who I saw play a bunch towards the end of the year. Um, and just really looks like a, a freak athlete. Um, Delaney Walker, I think is probably, you know, gone or on his last legs. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think and the Titans look really good. I think they're gonna have a good offense again. So he's a guy that uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be looking at. Um, we uh, we we want to get your Super Bowl prediction. Obviously, we're contractually obligated by the NFL since we do a fantasy football podcast to give uh, Super Bowl, not the big game. Yeah, oh, oh, we've yeah, been playing Super Bowl. We, we've been playing that shtick up on on my local <laughs> really? talk show. Oh, yeah, like don't worry, they're not paying attention. No, like Leo's like he's like, oh yeah, the big game. Like you can't say big or game. Well, it's the Niners and the Chiefs. You can't say Niners or Chiefs. <laughs> well, it's the big football game. You can't say football. Like so, we've been playing that up all week. It's been fun. But uh, Bob, your prediction? How is this game gonna go? Can you give us a final score? Final score. Wow. Uh, yeah, I obviously two very closely matched teams. Um, I think the Niners, you know, might be able to control the clock a little bit with their with their running game. I mean, they run the ball so many ways. Uh, and I also think, um, you know, they've got the, the pass rush that could make Mahomes a little bit uncomfortable. So, yeah, I would go with the Niners in a very close game, like uh, you know, thirty-five. 31 or something like that. No, I mean, I, I think it's a high-scoring game, too. I, I, it, it seems like the, the chic pick, Dave, is to say, well, every time you get a, a defensive coordinator and, and a, def- a team with a good defense, the two weeks to prepare, they always shut down the offense. So everybody's predicting a low-scoring game where the Niners winning. Not me. I'm, I'm loving the Niners getting up like – well, this is what, I'll just give my prediction now. Niners get up 14 nothing, obviously, because the Chiefs get down by double digits every playoff game, it seems like. And then the Chiefs come roaring back, and we go from the lowest-scoring Super Bowl game in history to the highest-scoring one. Oh, yeah. 43-35, Kansas City, baby. Wow, it's going to be fun. Wow. Buckle up. I'm not watching this game without a seatbelt on. Man, yeah, there's something else. It's, it's going to be fun. Well, good. I'm glad. You know, thanks for that. Uh, Falky, I really appreciate it. At least Bob had a good prediction there. That was nice. So let's talk about the thirty grand you won. Uh, it's a nice payday. Uh, sure. Maybe you know, not for you. But, you know, you're, you're making good money in New York. You know, obviously. So maybe it's you know pay your property taxes or whatever. But is there any any plans uh, for you to spend the cash other than just day to day expenses? <laughs> um, I think this is this question is probably for my wife. But um, we have uh, <laughs> we have a we have a son who's uh, starting college next year. So uh, I'm sure it'll I'm sure it'll come in handy. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, well, no, congratulations. That's, that's a good way to spend it, for sure. Does he know where he's yeah, going yet? Thank you. Uh, he's going to Northeastern in Boston. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, listen, Bob, this was, uh, this was fun. We, we really enjoyed having you on. Congratulations. Um, uh, only one more spot to go until you win the big one, uh, as you uh, <laughs> had probably the, the greatest debut in Football Guys Players Championship history, I would say, to get second place out of 8,500 teams uh, in year one. So congratulations to you on that. Best of luck in all your leagues this, uh, this year. Enjoy the Super Bowl, and uh, be good. We'll talk to you again soon, dude. Awesome. Thanks very much, guys. I had a lot of fun. See you.
Thanks Thank you. Bob Hoog, ladies and gentlemen, the second place team in the Football Guys Players Championship in 2019. One entry, one career entry, and he wins 30 grand. Now that is, uh, that, this, is a, this is the type of guy who really got to pick his brain, and, and I feel like we learned a lot tonight. Yeah, that was great. I enjoyed it. Um, we have the prognosticator coming up in a few minutes, Dave. Uh, we, we have some time. We might as well just pound out a couple of emails here. I, I tried to get to as many. I told everybody I'd get to as many as I could. I'm going to kick things off with Mike in Visalia, California. Um, this is one that we, he, he asked, he's asking about Debo Samuel, and we kind of touched on this last week. I just don't feel like we got very in-depth on it. He writes, Dear Jerry and John, how big of a leap do you see Debo Samuel making this season? Go Niners. That's Mike in Visalia, California. Thank you for the email, Mike. Um, from week 10 on, Dave, this year, Debo Samuel was wide receiver nine. Wow. And, and that's sort of like obviously when, when he, you know, I don't want to say kick the rookie curve or what have you, but he made a lot of plays. The Niners schemed him in on a lot of plays. And, you know, he had a good number of touchdowns. That'll regress a little bit. But I, I feel like the, the fact that he was so involved um, and, and um, really only at a half season of production is going to make him that much more valuable this year. And if you look at where he's going right now in, in FFPC best ball drafts, wide receiver 27 in the seventh round. I, I mean, that just that's a nice value. That screams value to me right yeah, now. I, I mean, think he's going to move up, I think, as people like, start to realize that, you know, you, get that, you have that bonus second-year breakout, and he is the number one receiver for that team. He's got a good quarterback. Garoppolo is decent. Just because they only threw eight passes against the Packers, I mean, most teams aren't that sad against the wrong. <laughs> right, so yeah. And, and you know what's, what's sad about that is the Packers actually could have slowed Mostert down. It was the coaching that, that kept all those defensive backs out there in that dime package for most of the game when the, they knew the Niners were not going to pass the ball. And, and the fact that they're so stubborn, that just, that's what blows my mind on that. Uh, you had the personnel. You had the, you had the means of top of me. You did. Yep. Um, Debo Samuel, you know, DJ Chark is going ahead of him. I'd rather have Samuel. Um, yeah, Chark, Javon, Chark's pretty good, though. He's all right, but I mean, that's Jacksonville, too. Although, we should, did we talk about this? Jay Gruden is the offensive coordinator now in Jacksonville. Yeah, we talked about it briefly. Okay, all right. Um, Last week or two. Devontae Parker is going ahead of Debo Samuel. I think I'd rather have uh, Samuel. I think I would too, actually, there. Like we, you, I think you brought this up, and it's something that's been in the back of my mind, is this whole Preston Williams thing. Yeah. You know, that's when Parker really stepped up. Yeah, was, when Williams got hurt. And, Preston Williams is a value right now. He's, looking, he's actually ahead of his recovery for knee surgery, so I think he's, uh, he's going to be in good shape. Oh, and the fact that he got hurt at so young. You want to guess what round he's going in? 15th? 13th. 15th. As wide receiver... 51. Yeah, that's nice. I'll you know what I'm going to say. You know no, what that no. is. Hang on. Let me, let me mute your stuff. Preston Williams at the wide receiver 51. Mm, nom, 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 All right. Let's, uh, let's get to our next guest what you, here what tonight. What are you drinking over there? That looks like you, know, you took some water out of, the, out, no, of, no. out of a creek. This is the Good, good City Brewing, which is located uh, two hours south of us in Milwaukee. Like murky water. They have a varietal series, uh, yeah. which is uh, they use a different type of hops in each one. This is the third one I've tried. It's called Houseplant Hops. They, this they, is took a, the, they took the dirt out. No, nah, come on. They watered the plants. And uh, anyway. This is a hazy double IPA that uses only Eldorado hops, which are typically found in the Pacific Northwest. Eldorado. So it's, it's, you get sort of a candied cherry um, aroma to it, and it's mostly like a mango flavor. Wonderful. So, very Wonderful. good. Very nice. All right, let's get into our next guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen. One of the co-founders of the Fantasy Football Players Championship you know him better as our prop bet expert. He is here to talk all about his uh, favorite Super Bowl prop bets for this weekend. Please welcome in uh, the prognosticator himself, Alex Kaganowski. Alex, uh, thanks so much for joining the program again this year, man. 
It is my pleasure, and uh, you know, it, it reminds me that it's been a year since I've done this. I think it was two years because I think last year you you, you took the year off because you were busy with other stuff and you didn't come on. So I think it's been no, two no, years I did. since we've had you on. Oh, no, you I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah, I remember the props okay. that I gave you too. Yeah. All right. Did they hit? I guess that's the big question. Yes, they did actually. <laughs> All right. So pay attention, everybody. Right, I'm, writing, I'm actually writing these down. You're going to get I'm, some winners. I'm going to be. Uh, I'm going to be placing bets on all these. All right. Now, so be, before we get to yours, Alex, Dave, and I were actually talking off the air um, uh, about uh, some props, and Dave brought one up that uh, I wanted to give him the floor on tonight about Patrick Mahomes' rushing yards, and and I don't know if this is going to make your list or anything like that. But it's actually at uh, 30 and a half. And Anthony Amico from uh, Rotoviz, one of the, the friends of the show, been, I believe he's been in Pros vs. Joe's multiple times. Um, he had some interesting stuff to say about this. Dave, do you, wanna, do you have it up in front of you? Uh, yeah, I do it. Uh, where is it? Now? About the, the reason why you should be betting the under uh, or taking the under at 30 and a half rushing yeah, here yards for Patrick here Mahomes. Here, yeah. um, he just because they play, first of all, they play his own defense. Their backs will face Mahomes less, less often. Talking about the uh, Niners' D-line being fantastic, and they'll focus on keeping Mahomes contained. San Fran only has allowed guys like Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray to run on them this year. And Mahomes, is, this is interesting, has only had 30 yards rushing in 5 of 31 career starts in the regular season and 7 of 33, including playoffs. So he just generally doesn't rush for 30 yards plus, and it's plus 113, so you're getting points. You're getting money. Yeah, um, so, so he, he is on my list. That, that particular prop is on my list. Um, I agree with a lot of what um, Anthony uh, Anthony said, and I would also add that there's a little bit of recency bias, I think, in that line uh, because I think the last few games uh, he's been running he's been right. a little, running a little bit more. I think that total, if I you know if I just kind of you know just uh, guess uh, based on memory, the total throughout the year on him was probably half half that maybe in the high teens maybe 20 something like something in that neighborhood as far as the total on his rushing yards was because uh, I remember I hit it a couple of times on the over when it was uh when it was in, in the teens and um and the other the other thing I would say about uh the Niner defense I, I would say you know just by watching I don't I don't really have you know I don't really know the stats and stuff like that but you know they seem like a pretty fast defense up front and in the linebacker position so uh i could i could see them defending uh defending his his rush pretty good so with all that said um i probably wouldn't uh i i may go uh, under on the 30 and a half my particular um book has 36 and a half so i'm obviously going on it now i'm not getting the plus i'm i'm actually laying 15 cents but i don't mind laying 15 you know get paying up for the extra six and a half yards because that's a huge you know, six and a half yards for yeah. a quarterback is a huge number. That's a big difference. That's great, though. That's good stuff. So, yeah. Alex, what uh, besides that one? What other ones uh, are you uh, are you interested? What other ones are standing out to you right now on on Super Bowl weekend? Are, are there a bunch? Are there a few that you're targeting? Well, how are you handling this? Well, let's let him talk, and then he'll tell us. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, today was actually the first day. To be very honest, I, I in anticipation of this call, I looked at at the uh, the props and. Uh, typically, I have a couple of different sites, and I and I always recommend people who want to, you know, kind of take this a little bit more seriously than just like throwing a couple of dollars on this. I mean, to have more than one site uh, to compare. So I only had one site. This is what I'm going off. I, I also, uh, I, I to be honest with you, I, I didn't really see a lot of, as far as the player prop goes themselves. The the actual 
player propositions. I'm going to talk about game props. I mean, th- I saw some there that I kind of liked. But the player propositions, I did not see anything that I really liked. And a, lo- a lot of the, uh, uh, a reason for that could be that the lines haven't really moved just yet. And a lot of times on Sunday afternoon and then Sunday evening, right heading into the game, there's there's so much action that uh, these these lines tend to move and you tend to see some value. You know, especially, you know, getting like some pluses or, or whatever. Like you, sometimes even the line itself will move significantly. So uh, I – and then – in addition to that, the the team, the San Francisco 49ers have been like a team that have, in my opinion, and in my view, just as someone who has bet props, has not been an easy team to predict because they, they kind of, similar to the Baltimore Ravens, I think those two particular teams, and there may have been a couple of others during the year, that I had a hard time really handicapping and kind of predicting kind of the game flow and how I saw the, 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 the props, um, you know, the props are turning out so and, and look, finding the value in the props because of how the team could like really run the ball really 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 successfully or or all of a sudden the, you know the team has to you know like Garoppolo against the Arizona Cardinals all of a sudden is like you know a top five quarterback you know so I mean they're not they're not playing the Arizona Cardinals this, this week so uh, you know they may be able to actually run the ball this time um so uh, what was the question <laughs> Yeah, your your do you have any props? Your favorite props <laughs> that you're targeting this week. Okay. So, my favorite prop, I'll, we'll stay on my homes a little bit. I I uh, again, this is my book and your yours may be different. Uh I went on on DraftKings um sportsbook and they have the under uh two and a half uh two and a half touchdowns from a homes laying somewhere around the 35 maybe cents or something like that. My book has them even, under two and a half even. So uh, I immediately jumped on that, uh, you know, just kind of a little bit of a comparison. I feel like I'm getting value, and I like the prop, not just because of the value. Um, same thing with the under on, the, uh, on his total yards. It seems like everyone's liking that, uh, but, again, my book has 312.5 total yards, and it seems like everyone else has around 300. So I feel like I'm, I'm winning there. Um, Another one I kind of like is uh, uh, what's his name? I keep forgetting his first name. I have his the running back Thompson. What's his name? Not DeAndre. What's his name? Darwin. Darwin. Darwin yeah, Darwin Thompson. Uh, the over under on him catching a pass is pretty much pick him. So like ten, ten, fifteen, twenty cents either way. I can't imagine him, you know, really being involved in this game at all. So especially catching a ball. I mean, maybe he goes in for a couple of plays. Maybe there's a broken play and he catches the ball. But I really feel that uh, under uh, under half a catch on him is is a pretty reasonable assumption. Um, what else? And then I have I have a few like game props if you guys are interested in. So these aren't like yeah, player sure, props. Yeah, absolutely. But um, so one th- one that I liked was a two-point conversion. So so I found, will there be a two-point conversion attempt in the game? So if you, if you kind of think about that, like, let me ask you guys a question, because I, I did the same thing with Mike in the office today. Um, what what would you set the line on, on the two-point conversion attempted by either team for the game? I, I have a number in mind, but I'll let Bossy. I don't I mean, it's... I, I... 
Make a decision. Make a commitment. No, I mean, it's, like, I, it, it's probably close to a pick them, like, maybe minus 110, minus 115, something like that. I don't know. I would say minus, like, 150. There you go. See, so so Balky's actually cor- correct, but I'm with oh, you, Dave. With, with the, with, you're, 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 he's correct with the line. But I, that was he's correct question. with the that line. question. Right. Yeah, he's correct were, with. Uh, I thought you said, "What do you think? What do you think the actual?" Okay, go ahead. Yeah. No, what I, I was saying that Balky's correct with the actual line. You, Dave, is correct with your assumption because it's similar to mine. Because <laughs> my assumption <laughs> is that the that the line should be yes. And by the way, you you think yes minus one fifty, Dave? Correct. Yeah, I feel like it's likely to happen like at minus one fifty. Yeah, so I felt the same. I felt I feel the same thing. I feel like the line here should be at least minus one thirty-five, you know, maybe even as high as one fifty. And and uh, my book has minus one hundred five, so it's actually uh, the underdog. So the over or yes is the underdog. So I so I kind of like that. Um, and then uh, on the same, I guess the same thought process. What do you guys think the two-point conversion? Uh, made would be what? Would, what do you think the line would would be on that by either team? I, well, I would. I mean, at that, I would just say plus plus like two hundred probably. I, I would say plus one eighty, like plus one seventy. Yeah. Right, and so it's plus two ten. So yeah, exactly, Dave. And and you're right on. You're right on point. So, you know, minus one hundred five on the on the attempt, plus two ten um, on the actual conversion. So I kind of like both of those. I feel they're you know, just hand, being able to handicap it and being able to just think how the game, you know, this could be a high-scoring game, could be a lot of stuff going on, maybe a missed, field, a missed extra point, maybe, you know, like some team needs to, you know, get the two-point conversion to, you know, to, to, to uh, you know, make it a seven-point lead or an eight-point lead, whatever, you know. So I could see a lot of that stuff happening. Um, well, plus, another the, one, other, the other thing, though, about that, just not to interrupt you, but the thing that's nice is if you bet both of those props, it's super fun because if they start, if they line up for the two-point, you're like, yes, I got this one. And now you're just rooting for them to actually score. So it's like, I don't know, twice as much fun. Correct. Well, if I'm going to bet one, I'm going to bet both. Right. So I totally agree with you there. Um, and that's why I mentioned them together. The other one, uh, another one that I kind of liked is a conversion, on the conversion uh, um, thought. The uh, San Francisco convert a fourth down. Oh, here you go. So uh, this is both teams. Uh, it's two separate separate props, right? Um, will San Francisco convert a fourth down? Uh, and will a Kansas City convert a fourth down? Now, they have to convert. Now, just go for it. Will they have to convert? So think about it. What would you make the line for that? So these are different props, so not, they don't have to do it together. They just have to do it independently. Independently, Correct. each team, yeah. So Kansas, uh, Kansas City converting a fourth down. What's the line on that? Um, I don't know. Plus one fifteen, one twenty. Dave. Yeah, you know, actually, that that doesn't sound too bad, actually, because the, the, I feel like there's a better than fifty percent chance they actually go for it, and probably a sixty to seventy percent chance they make it on average. Um, and you have different opportunities, right? Because you have – and so much more nowadays with, the, you know, the people using statistics, teams go for it a whole lot more often and more frequently. And then you still have the late game stuff where a team that's desperate is going to be going for it on fourth down and trying to convert. Yeah. So you guys probably – and I don't disagree with anything you're saying, but you probably would not like this line because 
the line on both teams is minus 105, and I still thought that was a good that was a good value. But I would absolutely love it if it was plus 25 instead of minus 105. But I kind of don't mind it at minus 105 either. Um, okay. Another four. one. That's yeah. yeah. That's I mean, pretty. The thing is, if you bet both of them again. All you need to do is get, hit one of the two, and, yeah. you're, and you're breaking even at yep. least more or less. And then if you get both, you're in great shape. Correct. And I and I've done that many many times over the years. I, I've kind of I've done exactly what you just said. I, I I you know bet both both kind of bets that work together that almost kind of you know uh, play together. You know play off each other a little bit. Where I feel like it, if I hit one of them, I'm break even, and there's a good chance I could hit both. Um. Right. So another one is uh, San Francisco sacks uh, under two and a half. Like, what would you think? So knowing what you know about Mahomes, you know, being hard to sack, and knowing what you know about San Francisco, obviously, you know, being a sack sack defense, what would you set the line at under two and a half? I'm assuming you like the under two and a half if I was to give you the line. So what would you set the line, uh, the money line on? Um. Minus uh, one twenty-five, maybe. Dave? I I would think it'd be bet up to like minus one sixty to one eighty. It'd be my there guess. You go. So so we're thinking again. Uh, uh, Eric Eric has it very close to the actual line, and you, Dave, you and I think in the same along the same way, as far as the value of the bet. So it's minus one thirty-five, and I like that because I think it should be around one fifty at least. So. So I kind of like the under there. If you again, you know, this is why it's so important to kind of have maybe either a good a good book that's you know it's not giving you touristy lines, or have more than one that you could compare and kind of find the good the good value. Because if you're not getting the good value on some of these plays, you should just pass. Yeah, Alex, let me let me interrupt you. I want to ask you one thing. Do you think that that Vegas and and, and these sports books are? Do you think they're more dialed in on player props on Super Bowl weekend, or because there's so many of them, they're less dialed in on on the value that you can get? I think they're very dialed in on Super Bowl. What happens is is what I mentioned before is the line movement, and I'll give you an example. Last week, uh, two weeks ago. Uh, Derek Henry opened, I think, at 109, 109 and a half yards, okay? And it was like over minus, you know, minus 40, whatever. So he started getting bid up and bid up and bid up. When when the line went off, at least from in my book, again, this is just, I can only speak for one website, but nevertheless, uh, the line went off at 119 and a half plus 40 on the under. Wow. You can imagine that. Obviously, I That's took crazy. the under. Obviously, I took the under simply for the value, and plus, I really did think, you know, there was a good chance that Kansas City was going to stop the run, which you know they kind of did. I mean, you know, he trended. He could have. I guess if you look at the first half, he was kind of trending to to possibly hit that number. But nevertheless, I won. But the, so yeah, the, the game script went away from him, which was very likely to happen given the point spread. Right. Correct. Correct. So so the point is. Again, it's it's really they they set the lines pretty pretty good. They're pretty sharp as far as setting the lines. But what happens is they have to move the line as the bets come in, very similar to to kind of you ha- to the way you you see a lot of um, movement in college basketball or college football lines, especially college basketball. 
I mean, you see just re- ridiculous amount of movement. You I mean you could have lines move three, three, four points uh, in either direction. So, so um, you know, I think they think they're dialed in, but then they have to, they just have to adjust because they want even action on both sides. Alex, do you have uh, do you have any more good team props that that you're looking at that uh, that maybe you've shopped around or, or what have you that that you're really liking for uh, Super Bowl Sunday? There was one that I kind of I this is I never do this, um, but I never lay. I, I've always told you I never lay more than thirty cents. But if you ever wanted right. to lay, if you ever wanted to lay like a a lot of wood, I'm talking like four to one. So this particular prop is minus 450. That means you got to lay 450 to win 100. Okay, but I yep. actually think, but I actually think this particular prop, the odds, the odds, the the line is actually better than the odds, um, or more value, I guess, more valuable than the odds. So this is uh, whether Kittle will have a rush in the game or not. And I know everyone remembers him having a rush here and there. I think he even scored a touchdown. But he only had five rushes for the entire year. And two of those came in one game. So, you know, if you kind of just do the math, you're like, you know, he had four, basically four games that he had a rush, like four out of whatever, you know, like 15, 16, 17 games. I don't know how many he actually played. So you laying minus 450 for him not to have a rush, are all pretty much true odds. And how often do you get true odds? I mean, you, you rarely get true odds. So I kind of like that, although I probably wouldn't, you know, go and lay all that wood, <laughs> but I kind of like it. Um, oh, I mean, could you imagine you're betting that, though, and, and you know, kill motions in the backfield. Every time he motions in the yeah. backfield, you're like, God, no, don't do it. You know, you, you bet your whole rest of your bankroll for the weekend on it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and yeah, of course. So I mean, listen, if this is part, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna throw like you know 50 props into it, and this is one of your 50, you know, I think it's fine. But yeah, if this is like if this is your big play, then don't do it. Um, another one is also uh, uh, same idea as far as uh, laying the wood, uh, gold uh, or gold, whatever, however you pronounce his name, missing a field goal. What would you set? Set that line at at Gould missing a field goal for the game. Um, that one has to. I don't. I'm, know. I'm, I'm betting that he is going to miss a field goal. Yes. Right. Yeah. So yes, I'm missing a field goal. Uh, plus two forty. I I would. I don't think I would go that high on it. Okay. I, I think it'd be more like plus one seventy, something like that. Uh, uh, actually, no, no, it's um. Will he miss? Will he miss a field goal? Is plus? Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. It's plus two eighty that he will miss a field goal. Oh, I'm on board. I'm on board. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so I kind of like that. Um, well, I don't know why I have it at minus two eighty. Uh, sorry, I'll be better prepared right. next time. We got. Um, <laughs> you, get, you have a year to do it, so you're all. Yeah, at least we were on the right side of the plus minus. We, you know, it shows we were kind of paying yeah. attention. All right, I got a couple. But, uh, yeah. I got a couple more if you have the time. So uh, yeah, go for it. Sure. So total San Francisco. I have it written in like on on post-its, and some. I got my reading glasses. So I'm like trying to figure <laughs> out what I wrote here. Uh, total San great. Francisco. Oh, here, this is actually an interesting one. So we could, we could actually handicap this together. 
Uh, total San Francisco rushing attempts, um, well, players to have a rushing attempt. Um, the line is, is five. Okay, the line is five. And um, over plus 15. So you, it's got to be – you have to hit six to, to, to win. But looking back at how many players rush the ball on San Francisco, I think the they've only had like two games out of maybe the last 12, if I'm not mistaken, that four players have rushed the ball. So they, it's almost like a lock that five players will rush the ball for San Francisco. And then, obviously, there's a decent, you know, there's a, a chance that a sixth player could rush. So so I don't mind that too much. I, you know, I think it's a worst-case break-even scenario, and then if you hit the over, you get the plus 15 cents. So I kind of like that. Uh, have, have we, um, do we know, and, and Dave, maybe you know this, has Tevin Coleman, did they say he's in for this game? Because that would make that, that I would. Thought, I thought he was going to go, yeah. Okay, so that'll make that more even more attractive if, if he's going to go. Yeah, I almost I, I don't know if that's even that even matters to be honest with you, because I think they're going to use two running backs for sure, no matter what, whether Coleman goes or not. And there's a good chance that they're going to use a third one. So it doesn't matter. You just fill in the names. So whether it's you know Moster, Breida, and Wilson, or Moster, Coleman, and and Breida, I think there's a there's a good chance that either two or three of those guys will rush the ball. So. Um, and then the last one that I have here is uh, reception. So uh, players to have a reception, this is a really good one because you have to lay the wood. Uh, San Francisco amount of players to have a reception in the game. And the, total, the, the line is, seven and a, uh, is actually seven, is actually seven, and under is minus 70. So basically, you're saying they're saying that six players have to have a reception, and uh, seven you tie, eight you lose. And as as much as I hate to to lay all that wood, I actually like the under on this in this play. Uh, again, I would really? went back. Yeah, I, I do. And and the reason why is I went back, and I believe the last two games that that the uh, that there was more than seven players in San Francisco to catch the ball. They were both against San Francisco. And it was those weird, crazy games that they played against San Francisco um, that for some reason, you know, they just were throwing the ball to, like, the backup tight ends. And I think one of those games, Kittle was out completely, so they had both tight end, both backup tight ends running around and um, and stuff like that. So, so I kind of like that for some reason. Uh and the same idea with uh, with Kansas City, except the line is seven and a half recept- uh, players to have a reception, and you're only laying thirty cents. So I, I like the seven under seven and a half minus thirty on Kansas City. I like it. It's 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 inter- it's going to be fun. Uh, Alex, can we before we let you go? Can you give us a uh, final score prediction on this game? Uh, final score is. Uh, this is this is very uh, this is pretty much just uh, it's what is it called when you really want something badly? It's uh, <laughs> it's well. I don't know what that's I, called, what I want the score to be called? is yeah, it's thirty four twenty eight San Francisco. Thir- San Francisco thirty four, 
Kansas City 28. And so, and I have right. a good reason to want that score. I got it. I understand fully. <laughs> Say no more, my friend. I get it. I get it. <laughs> hey, listen, man, uh, th- this was awesome having We're not you come on. Uh, I, I know uh, plenty of, you helped out plenty of people with uh, a lot of these prop suggestions tonight. And uh, uh, good stuff. We, and, we'll, again, we'll talk to you next year. <laughs> All right. No sounds kidding. good. All right. Thanks, buddy. Alex Kaganowski, co-founder of the FFPC. Follow him on Twitter at Alex underscore FFPC. And that's going to do it for our show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank Alex. I want to thank Bob Hoog, our first guest tonight, the runner-up in the Football Guys Players Championship, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. Uh, <clears throat> want to remind everybody, uh, coming up Thursday, this coming Thursday, rotaviz.com slash podcast, 2019 FFPC main event, fifth place team owner Adam Krautwurst is going to be on the high stakes lowdown, so check that out. Looking forward to talking to him and getting his insight on some 2020 drafts, which he's already in this year. Pick up uh, Dynasty Orphans today. Plenty of them uh, need a good home, and they are good teams, ladies and gentlemen. MyFFPC.com slash Dynasty, and of course, best ball drafts going on at MyFFPC.com right now at the $35.77 and $250 levels. Your Super Bowl weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on the team explore, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went. Well, other rappers find a studio to grind in. Hey, um, Dave, uh, Alex and I made our Super Bowl predictions. You did not make yours. Do you have a prediction on the uh, final score of the game, how you see it happening? Um, yeah, I actually, I, as of right now, I kind of like the Niners. I'll just go 27-24. 27-24 Niners. Basic, All right. Production, prediction, but... Super Bowl MVP Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> with 27 points? Um, or do you think, like, it's Nick Bosa or Debo, Samuel, Raheem Mostert? What what a story that would be. I guess it's probably going to be Garoppolo if, if they score 27. Maybe he has two touchdowns. All right. Good stuff, man. I appreciate you doing the show this week. I know you got to catch an early flight tomorrow. Uh, well, it's definitely no problem. I enjoyed it. Oh, good. I'm glad you did. And enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy, uh, enjoy your weekend. It's going to be a fun. And uh, I hope everybody else out there enjoys the Super Bowl as well. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next Friday.